TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. All right, folks, Esme Murphy with you along with Professor, Producer Shah. I almost said Professor Shaletta Brundage. She sounds like a professor. Producer Shaletta Brundage. Uh, we are talking Amazon. All right, now... You know, I came around to Amazon pretty slowly. My husband has a brick-and-mortar small business, small furniture store, and it's been hit by Internet sales. I mean, it's you've been affected negatively by Internet sales, so I was kind of reluctant to buy things online. But I got to tell you, Amazon just seems to have everything that you don't have time to run out and get. And obviously, the effect on local stores, on local shopping habits, on Amazon itself has been remarkable. Jim Hagen is the Emeritus Professor of Global Business Strategy at Hamlin School of Business and is joining us right now. Jim, thank you so much for coming on. Sure. Thanks. Pleasure to be here. What What has been, you know, and I suppose that you'd have to take it in phases, but as you, as a professor, look at Amazon, um, what phase are we in right now? Because it seems like it's it's started slowly and people were kind of grudgingly doing it. And now it seems like an awful lot of people are all in. Well, yeah. And actually a lot is going on. So you could think of Amazon as sort of a disruptor that's changing the way we do retail. But in so many respects, retail has been changing anyway, you know, um, over time. And this is the current round of that going on. But just going back even to you know, building Southdale, for example, people could say the same thing back then about what's going to happen to our downtowns, and then especially when they built Mall of America. That's uh, true. The same thing was said. So anyway, it's an industry. It's a wonderful industry. It's great. It's dynamic. It changes. And there has been a period where I'd say there's maybe been kind of relatively slower or little change. It's sort of the era of, say, the post-war department stores. And as they kind of were, I guess, becoming a little bit uh, dated themselves, they've been around a long time, Amazon came along and it's, it's, it's kind of brought some changes from online sales. This all goes back to, you know, the ability to have cell phones that you can order on, data management is easier, that, you know, can hold data better, shipping becomes easier. So it is a big change, but we have had change in the past, and we will again, and we are, I'd say, in the middle of sort of a round of change. In terms of um, Amazon, what what has made, what are some of the differences that have really put them over the top? I mean, is it is it the swift delivery? I, well, I think it's... Uh, one of the big things is is, is inventory, um, and what they have done is they they make it easy to buy products, and you can use 
almost any kind of a device. Um, and of course, none of this would be possible if it weren't for you know, credit cards, which had not always been so available. Um, but anyway, so they make it very easy to buy, and they can control inventory. They have models to keep track of what's where. And when you think of like brick, brick and mortar stores selling something like sheets, you know, or uh, you know, bath linens, but just think about something like uh, going to a Target or a Bed Bath and Beyond or a store like that, and you want to buy a set of sheets, and well, is it a twin bed, a queen bed, a king size bed? Is it the is it the hundred is it the two hundred thread count sheets? Is it you know if you think of all of the varieties you'd want, your average store can't keep that inventory. Right. You know they just can't. You know. So then you go there and they're out of stock of whatever it is you wanted, and with Amazon you don't have that same out of stock frustration. So it does serve a a useful need of having products that can't reasonably be kept in inventory, you know, at just a, a brick and mortar store. So I think that's a, br- a big thing that it brings. Um, as far as uh, the convenience of having things delivered to your home, I think that's still really in flux as to how that's going to shake out in the long run. Right. Um, in terms of the impact on, on, you know, other businesses and the way things are done, I mean, it is really, I mean, and they've changed the sales tax dynamic, but some people think that it was changed too late. So they're supposed to collect sales tax, although I'm not 100% sure that that's really working effectively. But what do you see as the continued impact down the road on on businesses? Oh, I think there are a lot of things. That, yeah, I agree. I think the sales tax, I think, I think the response, you know, by say, say government, for example, which would be sales tax to these changes in models of retailing, are, they're always slow. You know, they're not, they're not quite quick enough. So yeah, that's one thing. And by them being able to sell things without charging tax for so long, that obviously negatively, you know, impacted everybody else. Um, in terms of things like uh, delivery, which they do, so it's a model where, say, the customer, I mean, nobody, well, this is changing, by the way, but let's just talk for now about mm-hmm. the delivery service where you would have things go to your home. That's not, I don't, I don't think that's all a certainty that we can expect that to continue indefinitely. Um, but as long as they're able to do that right now, they can set up a distribution system with vans and you know various computer programs to allow them to deliver things efficiently, um, which uh, many small retailers would not be able to do. Um, but the reason I say that that might not be something that's going to be going on forever, you know, in other countries like in France and different places, people are saying, "Hey, do we really want all these vans on the road?" Is this really the future of retailing to deliver everything to your house in cardboard boxes? And I don't think it necessarily is. You know, so in that respect, right now, they are able to do that because we provide streets and places to park. We don't really bother them too much when they park in bike lanes to drop off their deliveries. Once we start cracking down on that kind of thing, they may start losing some of their advantage for those deliveries. In terms of um, the expansion, I mean, obviously Amazon is expanding and, and expanding its warehouse system. Um, is there a problem with Amazon getting too big? Uh, there can be, um, and I suppose you could figure they're make they're they're. Um, 
of online sales, they're about half right now for retail online sales, which is a huge market share. And in terms of whether that requires regulation by the government, which you know tries to make sure there's competition, uh, so far the answer has been, yeah, there's some investigation, but no real action. They only account for about 5% of total retail sales. You know, so they say, well, geez, you know, people have other places to buy stuff. Um, but at some point, if, if those percentages get bigger, then, yeah, you could argue that they just have too much market control. They can control, you know, have, have too much influence over uh, advertisers. Uh, they're able to bend laws more to their benefit. Um, you know, they can work out deals with payment companies, credit card companies to give them advantages. I mean, it could be all the way back to how we had regulation for things like the oil industry and the railroads back 100 years ago. So that could happen. I think that's, that, that definitely could happen. I don't know that it necessarily will, though. And I don't think there's an immediate huge appetite to start regulating that yet. And, well, although, you know, some people are wondering, and it, but when you look at what Jeff Bezos, you know, controls, I mean, he's got the Washington Post, it's just, it, it almost seems like it, it's an extraordinary thing, and, and, and the chance of people competing against him is getting tougher and tougher, because the margins of trying to get items delivered same day is just too difficult for, for startups. Well, it, it is, and I, I, th- I well, th- I think there are several things that are going on, and that um, the the whole retail world is changing in, in in so many ways. You know, we hear a lot about uh, you know, like J.C. Penney struggling, came uh, uh, Sears, you know, closing all of its stores, lots of store closures lately. At the same time, you have new stores that are doing quite well, um, Ulta. You know the cosmetics type company. Yeah. Also, I tell you this just just briefly. Um, Alta on Black Friday, my daughter was trying to get on the Alta website, and there was a, she claims there was a waiting line to get on <laughs> onto the Alta website because it was crashing because it was so popular. But uh, anyway, that's, that's, that's and, not and we looked at their deals, you know. So and it's and I you know I've I've purchased things there before. It's a good store. But, but so, so some there, there are some models you know that, that can grow in this. Target and Best Buy have really stepped to the plate. You know, after it's been a bit of a slow start, but I think they've they've really upped their game. You know, so that it is possible to you know offer delivery services. You know, that work for people. Target in Target's case, people basically uh, mostly mostly this is going to Target stores. You know, to pick stuff up that you've ordered online. Um, but there are lots of different ways that model can ultimately shake out. For some products, there's a desire or need to actually see the, the thing you're buying. You know, and that could be for, um, you, you mentioned furniture earlier, you know, at, at some point actually being able to, you know, get a feel for the, the, the wood and the fabric and how it weighs and how the back is relative to the seat. All that stuff, you can't really do that online necessarily so well. But you have, and there's lots of products like that where people want to see it. So you have these new models such as uh, the company called Beta. And it's only opened at Mall of America, gosh, I think just with, within the last month. So it's quite new. But anyway, it's been growing as a retail concept around the country, and they call it service retail. 
And what it is, is basically a showroom facility for small businesses like what you're talking about. If a small business can't really access the market on sort of equal footing with, say, Amazon, and they figure the product needs to be showcased or, or, or showroom so people can look at it, touch it, you know, just yeah. get a feel for it. That's exactly what they're doing. So they have contracts with the manufacturers, and that's their primary revenue source. And what's, what's the name of the company again? Well, it's an interesting thing. It's called Data, but the way they spell it is the letter B is in boy, eight, the numeral eight, and then T, you know, as in Tom, A is in Apple. But of course they, they do. It data. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, and they're the ones. So, so anyway, that's, that's the new model, which is, is being rolled out now. I think they have about 20, maybe 20, 25 of these stores. And that's the company that has partnered with the, uh, the, the people that are taking over Toys R Us. You know, Toys R Us is one of those right. that closed on like 700 stores. Um, and anyway, there are a few people that said, no, 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 no. I think we have an idea for Toys R Us. We're going to keep that brand alive. They got hold of the brand and they've re- taken stores that previously might have been 40,000 square feet. Now they're making them into 6,000 square foot stores in partnership with this data company so that what they're basically doing is showcasing products uh, like each product has a little uh, computer just like an iPad display with information about it. You can pick it up, you can touch the product, uh, but they don't, there's just one of each product on the shelves that you can see. And then there's a minimal amount of inventory, but primarily what you do is then you uh, see it, you like it, then you go through uh, a partner program such as Target, which is one of them, and you can order the product, say it's a toy, um, through Target's fulfillment. Um, but anyway, the idea is that if you're a small manufacturer that would otherwise have difficulty getting exposure of your product, you, you can't afford to you know, have your own store. Um, anyway, so that, that's the whole model that's, that's kind of taking off right now. It's very so, cool, so yes. the, yeah, so, so that's it's, it's all evolving. It's it's all change. Oh, totally! It totally is. It totally is. And then you you have this notion of well, what is the you know what what is is, is retail is you know okay getting a product from someone's hands in someone else's hands I suppose, but then there's the notion of well, why do people really uh, get excited about that? Well, there's an experience part you know, portion of that. So Lululemon is, for example, the Mall of America rebuilding their store so that it will have essentially a, you know a, sort of a fitness facility within the store i mean make it totally experiential yeah um you know so, so then you so retail is, is not dead evolution. which is what you're saying is that it's just evolving or the, the successful well, retailers are revolving oh well, no precisely it's, it's, it is evolving and you, you go back and look like well you know gosh it's you know sears and i used to shop at sears all the time um, which kind of dates me, I suppose. But but then you think, well, why do they have to fail? Well, it's a bunch of reasons. And you could argue, well, they just did not keep up. And you have to. you know. And I, So I don't shed any tears for that. Now, they did go through something, which a lot of retailers did, which I think was questionable um, in terms of public policy, and that is, is leveraged buyouts where somebody would borrow the money privately to buy a big company like Sears and then they have all this debt they have to pay off. And that's paying off that debt drives them into bankruptcy, so they end up closing the whole store down or not being able to maintain it well. 
there I would question our whole financial model whereby they were able to get the money to buy the thing and add all this debt to an existing business. You know, so that kind of speeds up the closure of some of those companies like Sears. But some of them, they just, it's, it's their time. I mean, Sears has been around a long time for it to kind of move on to something else is, is maybe natural. Right. All right. Well, listen, thank you so much for joining us. Jim Hagen, Emeritus Professor of Global Business Strategy. Uh, and I am looking up uh, B82A uh, beta. Uh, fascinating look at, at, at a way to have it retail differently. Um, I'll have to check that out at the mall, next time at the Mall of America. Thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate your time. Well, you're sure welcome. It's a pleasure. Thanks so much. Absolutely. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.